Who wants to tell you who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Java Chat. This is Coffee with Mike hit, hitting it here, hitting it here. Oh, my gosh. We're already starting. We're already starting. First thing. Jeez. And uh, I get the distinct pleasure of, of welcoming um, our guest today, Daniel Massimino, who is a credit repair and business funding expert. And he has he has some cool insights that he's going to share with us today. So welcome to the show, Daniel. Hey, hi. nice to be here. All right, cool. We have we have a format that we follow, and the first is usually to have you introduce yourself and talk about who you are, where you're from. Now, I know a little bit of your history, so I'm, I I know it's already an interesting story because you kind of you kind of fell into this, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. So just a normal kid from uh, the South Hills of Pittsburgh. Nice. Place called little place called south park i'm sorry where south park no way yeah <laughs> yep so there's south park and north park in pittsburgh and i live in south park well i lived there that's where i grew up and so yeah so you know i just grew up in a middle class um town nothing too major going on played some sports in in middle school rode dirt bikes just like a normal kid, you know, and uh, around the age of like, I don't know, 14 or 15, I read two books that really got me thinking, mm. uh, kind of changed like the way I looked at the world. And one of them was the magic of thinking big. And then the other one was the Steve Jobs autobiography by Walter Isaacson. And uh, so both of those books really just opened up my eyes to like the world and possibilities. And, and, uh, and so then I started my first business when I was like 14, which was fixing iPhones. Yeah, I just broke my phone too many times, and like, so I, I, I was like, man. Yeah, basically, you were over it at that point. You're just like, yeah, screw this. I'm fixing it myself. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So then I, you know, it's like two hundred dollars to get your phone fixed at the Apple store. Yeah, right. I, I just looked online and I saw that the screens are like twenty bucks, and so I watched a, I watched a YouTube video on how to fix screens. And before I even fixed my own screen, I just put an ad on Craigslist, and I was like, I could fix your phone screen. And, um, then I just started getting customers from Craigslist and then friends and family, obviously I fixed my own phone by then. And, um, you're stumbling so across was, this, weren't you? Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. So that kind of got me, uh, got my wheels turning. And uh, so then I just started thinking, well, how can I make more money doing this? And it occurred to me, like people, if their phone's broken, they think it's worthless, but really, I mean, it's very cheap to fix phones. And so I started buying broken phones just from friends, family, Craigslist, and started making more money doing that. And I would just resell them on like eBay and Amazon. And then like, I'm in like 10th grade. <clears throat> By the time I'm in like 10th or 11th grade, I'm like kind of over school. And I remember like sitting in this math class that I would sleep I, every, I mean, I would go to school, I would just sleep all day because then I'd leave school, I'd go to the gym, then I would go to my job. I worked at a pizza shop. Then I'd go back to the gym and then I'd go home and I'd work my business and I'd go to bed at like three, wake up at five, go back to the gym. So by the time I got to school, I would just sleep all day. Yeah. You were um, alive, buddy. Yeah. And so a lot of my, uh, like my teachers knew I was pretty smart, but so they kind of respected my hustle, but one in particular really irritated me and she would always like get on me. And uh, is this, is this, is this the Karen teacher that goes, you'll never amount to anything, Massimino? Is that, is that that one? No, nobody ever oh, okay. said I would amount to anything, but <laughs> because I, I think they were new, like I was pretty certain, like what I was going after. Um, that's cool. That's, that's, and that's kind of odd, dude. I mean, it's not everybody really gets to that point so early in life where they're just like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty clear. This is, this is where I'm headed. That's pretty cool, dude. I, yeah. I don't know that book, those two books really just like set the 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 sale there and ever since i read those two books i've been on the same the same mission which is just like freedom you know building a large enterprise yeah um you know solving problems so uh -huh. anyways i woke up one day from school and i look at my phone like i'm in the class i'm sleeping through this math class i wake up and i made like four or five hundred dollars from ebay 
while I'm sleeping through this class. And then it just occurred to me, you know, like these teachers are teaching me how to make money, like get a, go to school, get a career so I can make a living. And I'm making more money in one class sleeping than they're, than they're making their entire day. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how are they going to teach me how to make money? Because right. maybe I should be teaching the class, you know? <laughs> so like fast forward, you know, like senior year, I missed like 90 days of school. I'm late 90 days of school. I ended up, I didn't, I wasn't like a bad kid, but I just didn't respect authority. So I ended up eventually like, I kept getting written, written up for missing class. And that's, so it, they that's, just told, that's normal. Yeah. 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 They just told me, they're like, Hey, just don't come back to till graduation. And I'm like, thank <laughs> goodness. I'm like, I finally did it. You know? and, they uh, received the message. It is now, it is but, now real. Yeah. So that's was, cool. And uh, so anyways, fast forward a little bit. I go to college. I didn't want to go to college, but my mom wanted me to go. So I figured, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I went to, Duquesne University for finance nice. and I'm still running my eBay business. I'm still working at the pizza shop. Sure. Uh, sure. And then my business just started to take off somewhere around the age of like 19. And uh, so I'm like, well, I'm just, not, I'm school's not for me, you know? So <laughs> I dropped out of college and I just go all in on that, which was cool. Life was good. Like got a BMW, got a nice motorcycle, all that stuff. You know, I'm hired employees. Then that was all electronics. So the, the phone fixing just turned into how can I buy phones and then buying phones, like how can I buy more phones? Right. And so eventually <clears> we're <throat> buying phones from, you know, 25 Verizon stores in the area, like all Jeez. the trading. And then we would just, we started buying them directly from the big box retailers. So like Target, Walmart, uh, Best Buy, all, all their returns. And then we would resell those all throughout the world. So it was pretty cool. And uh, did that scale out too? I mean, as far uh, as, as far as revenue is concerned, I mean, you're, you're like jumping, you're not just taking small steps. Those are jumps. Yeah. Well, there are jumps. I was really aggressive. I still am, but I'm a little, I have a little bit more wisdom. So we eventually ended up doing a little over like half a million a month. Like our best month yeah. was like 700 K. That sounds about right. Yeah. By the way you're yeah. describing it. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But I mean, I, I didn't know anything about running a business. I didn't know anything about like managing costs and, you know, overhead and margin and all uh, this. All, all the unforeseen started showing up, didn't they? Yeah. Well, it happened really quickly. It was like over it the course. It usually does. It never yeah. comes in small spurts when it goes like that, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like three months. It just like yeah. lost a lot, a lot of money. And uh, so by the time I'm like 21, I ended up actually having to file bankruptcy on a personally guaranteed loan. Oof. And uh, anyway, so I was like, this was like maybe like June, 2015 or June, uh -huh. 2016. Uh -huh. I just like went into this deep, dark place. Cause you know, my whole, my life's going according to plan, you know, everything's going good. And then it just like kind of hit me in the face. So that was when I was 21. And uh, so I spent a couple months just like being depressed, sleeping all day, just like trying to figure out what, cause I didn't really, I, I didn't have any money left. Um, I had bills. I moved back in with my parents, so I didn't have to pay mm -hmm. for rent at least. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, it was just a really dark place. But then it occurred to me one day, I'm like, well, I don't have any money, but I still know a lot of people that want to buy electronics. And I know a lot of people that sell electronics, you know? And so I just started brokering electronics. So just being the middleman and then taking a little percentage. Yeah. yeah. And over the course of like three to six months, me and a few old associates of mine from that industry sold like two or two or three million dollars worth of electronics like fairly quickly nice and, uh, so i'm back on my feet you know it wasn't like we we're making a lot of money because we're just brokers so we'd make maybe you know three percent five percent whatever sure sure some arbitrage um, there that matters that's all good yeah but then i had this ego i, I had this like chip on my shoulder because i failed and i was in business with a family member prior to that and right. so like I had this chip where I like, I wanted to prove that I could do it by myself. So like, I just jumped right back into the, like, just trying to go balls to the wall, like growing as quickly as possible. So I like, mm -hmm. got an office, started hiring people, I actually started a digital marketing company with a few friends of mine too. And so everything's going well up until like the following year. And then uh, I just had some, a lot of personal issues that kind of kind of took over my life and just like everything sort of spiraled out of control again. Luckily that time I knew how to manage my crisis a little bit better. So mm -hmm. I didn't run out of money. I didn't mm -hmm. have to move home. I still paid all my bills. 
but you're a little more mature this time. Yeah, a little bit. Every time, every time you get a little <laughs> bit wiser, you know. So that was cool. Where we're at, eventually, that's where I was, where I, where I'm at, where I'm trying to go. So eventually, like somewhere in, I essentially realized that I just the electronics industry wasn't for me, and so I needed to try something different. And I just started looking for jobs. I'm like, whatever, I got to find a job. I got to find something that piques my interest. And really the only thing, I'm a college dropout. My business failed, you know, so not exactly the best uh, candidate. And my ego's, my ego's, you know, damaged and uh, my confidence is damaged. So I wasn't the best interviewer or interviewee. And uh, I couldn't really find any like sales job that seemed realistically advantageous to like, you know, growing and making a decent living mm -hmm. and all the ones that I did find like in Pittsburgh were like the shady door-to-door -door, like ML market multi-level like yeah sales yeah opportunities and, uh, can be limited yeah so I ended up just getting this random email from this credit repair company in Connecticut it was like work from home 100% commissioned sales only make over 100k a year if you hustle and like here's our services and I'm like thinking about it, I'm like well this I don't know anything about this company that you know it could be a scam yeah blah 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 but I'm like whatever I'm just gonna go and try it because it's whatever and uh, so I just put my full energy into it and uh, like my first month I made 900 in commission second month 4,000 there you go third month third month 10 fourth month 15 and then the fifth month I made like 21k in commission and uh, I was like well I'm pretty good at this you know and I, I really I really enjoyed it too because you genuinely get to help people and I'm really interested in different businesses you get to learn about a lot of different businesses and what sure. people are trying to finance sure um, and so the only problem really was the company that I was selling stuff for just didn't give crap about you know doing good work and actually taking care of customers mm -hmm. and so i noticed this and it didn't matter how much money i made like if you sell so like when i sell somebody something i'm essentially giving them my word yeah and if we're not delivering on that like i feel like a piece of crap at the end of the day yeah and so i just did a bunch of research you know a lot of critical thinking about how we could solve these problems that the company was having and i just mm -hmm. brought it to their attention and they didn't really care so i just ended up starting my own thing in like january of 2019 roughly so this is Somewhere a new on. venture it's newer yeah so i've been in the industry for three years <laughs> two years i've been been doing doing it on my own well we have we have a team of people now but yeah i started sure sure so credit repair is, is in great need still to this day and it's gonna you you're gonna be in bigger need here very shortly too considering all the stuff that's going on the economy and so on and so forth right so, yeah i mean it's it's Unfortunately, it's a good time to be in our business for sure, both with the coronavirus, you know, 30 million people unemployed. And then just from, you know, I think a lot of people are going to like starting to realize that they're pretty disposable to their, their nine to five employer. Uh -huh. I mean, uh -huh. at the end of the day, you know, if they, the corona, if a pandemic happens, a lot of companies just laid everybody off or fired them and yeah. they'll probably never get their job back. Yeah. And so I think people are going to start to realize at least what I've seen is like, Hey, I need to have some sort of business, even if it's a side business mm -hmm. that I can have income that is solely dependent on me yeah. as opposed to this, you know, corporate 500 company that could just fire me at, at will. And so that's cool too. So that helps us on the business side. And obviously with people being unemployed, they can't pay their bills. And so their credit gets affected. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's normal. It's, it's interesting to, because uh, obviously we're all watching this happen. And if you're listening to this and this is 2025, <laughs> mm -hmm. this is, this is, we're, we're talking about this before the actual ish hits the fan. We're, we're, we're already seeing the effects as an example, just recently, I, I live in Las Vegas and I don't know how lucky they just, they started doing what they called a, a, pause over here and they're they're scaling back again and a bunch of casinos recently brought back layoffs and now they're laying off again only this time it's permanent wow. uh, yeah so there's a lot of people that are going home with nothing and what's really hurting what most people don't understand it's not just them that's hurting the casinos are having to pay into this unemployment insurance even while it's paying out they have to pay it back. And if they're not making money, they're still having to pay into it. And those bills are huge. You're talking about, you know, two to 5,000 employees 
and you've reduced your workforce down to maybe a quarter of it just to kind of keep the place open and right. you're still trying to make and you're still trying to make income mm -hmm. you know so it's it's like the company is going to suffer the public is going to suffer and it's 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 all it's it's all in, entangled it's it's an entanglement no matter how you look at it right so when you when you're looking at what we're starting to see the after effects your your business is going to be hugely needed just simply be, to navigate the craziness because you know the rules are going to change once all this stuff fi finally washes out right and even now like for instance we we i was actually talking to a customer of ours like discover gave them a two or three months like forbearance yeah forbearance right but, nice but but here's the thing is like so they said that and then three months later or five months later the customer is looking at their credit report and, and discover reported all that is late so that's adversely affecting their ability oh, sure. to get yeah. yeah sure and yeah. so yeah that i mean i've seen it with other banks too and so i mean that's unfortunate it's it's interesting it's that bank. yeah it is it's it's interesting that the larger creditors it still don't seem to communicate internally very well where one side will say yeah we're good we got you and then they'll still turn around and do that and it's like well wait a minute what's the actual effect we, we can talk more about this in the next section we're going to take a break here for, for a segment when somebody says yeah we'll give you a forbearance and then they turn around and report you late anyway what was the point of the forbearance i mean it doesn't make sense i, I thought there was a okay we're going to let this one go we're not going to report you 30 days late or, or 60 days late you know that kind of thing so it, it's 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 really odd to me that that larger or large creditors it does it I, either they're just unclear about what they're offering and you know the poor consumer that doesn't know any better ends uh -huh. up ends up taking the hit or they're intentionally setting it up that way which is not entirely far-fetched yeah it's not because i mean at the end of the day when consumers have lower credit scores they pay more in interest and when they pay more in interest that's how the banks make money so I mean, it, it wouldn't be far-fetched, but I personally think that it's more of just a, like a, a management and then the sheer scale of the systems that are in place that need to be changed to accommodate these sort of things. Right. And oh, so yeah. that, that's the real challenge. I yeah. Think. I get you. I get you. Okay, cool. Well, guys, we're going to take a short pause for the cause 30 seconds. And when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more because I want to talk about what, what in those two books really turned it on for Daniel and some of the things that keeps him moving and motivated today. We'll be back in 30 seconds. And we're back here at Java Chat with Daniel Massimino. Daniel, what's the name of your company? I didn't even ask. Credit Connection. Credit Connection. Okay. So Daniel Massimino of Credit Connection. We were just kind of starting to get into that, and we'll probably talk more about it in the next section. But right now, this is the section where we talk about what motivates, what inspires, what gets you up in the morning. Daniel was mentioning a couple of books that he read when he was very young that kind of changed his outlook on life. And and for memory's sake, I kind of wanna I wanna talk about those. Because they're they're both probably amazing books. I'll probably have to add that onto the queue of books that I have sitting over here. I got a a stack. <laughs> it's like, you know, you read one book, you start reading that one, you start reading a second book and a third book. Mm, and you're the same way. Yeah, it's uh, anyway. First off, how'd you find the books? And then why? What 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 in that actually made that happen? To be honest, I think I found the one the magic of thinking big in the school library. Because I used to go there. We had like a study, like a class that was just for studying. I forget yeah. the name of it was, but and sometimes we could go to the library. So I would go to the library and I think I just found the magic of thinking big there. And I'm not too sure how I found the other the, the Steve Jobs book, to be quite honest. I might have found it in the library, probably. But I mean, really the impact that I got from the magic of thinking big was just um, sort of thinking, like you got to understand, like I came from a, like I said, a middle-class town, it's called South Park. And like the, the thing that people aspire to achieve there is, you know, go to school, get a job, work your nine to five, maybe make 75K a year and hopefully retire by the time you're 65. Sure. Yeah, hopefully. Like yeah. that's the dream. That's, that's the, the dream. Right. And yeah. uh, so the, the magic of thinking big, just, you know, really a lot, like talks about how, like, like if we, if we set a goal, we need to set that goal much higher than we think. And, and what's crazy about that is like, we can achieve most of the things we set our mind to, but we have 
we're, we're programmed to with these limiting beliefs that kind of hold us back. Mm-hmm. And those, those programs come from childhood. It comes from your environment yep. I and mean, all of that stuff, you know, built, it's built into your brain. So everything you do, I, I read a uh, stat somewhere like 90, 93% of the decisions that you make on a daily basis actually are predetermined by your subconscious mind. And your mm-hmm. subconscious mind is made up of the, the, the visual, the, the images, the sound, and the, the people and the ideas that you've been surrounding yourself with for the past seven years. Mm-hmm. So when you, come, when you come up from a place of you know, lower to middle class and you're surrounded by those ideas and those activities and those beliefs, then that programs into your mind. And so that's the only thing that you believe is possible. So the magic of thinking big just made me like start to see the possibilities of, of something greater than just that. Not to say that that's bad because I mean, for some people, they enjoy that sense of security, but I just personally don't like that just bores me. So that was really cool. It's interesting that you mentioned that a lot of what most people don't recognize. And yeah, you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. I actually used to get chastised by an ex that, that says, you, you look down on people with jobs. I says, no, I don't. I, I don't look down on people with jobs at all. I don't look down on people with careers at all. I think it's amazing that they have it. I think it's amazing that they're doing well, you know, at least well enough to be able to cover their bills, cover their, their expenses. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the place of stasis. That's cool. Not, a, not against that. I'm against me having a job because I know right. I can do more. And I know I can, I can do more for others, not just for me, but I can do more for others. And every decision that I make and every action that I take can actually affect a very large group of people if done correctly. Right. My, my, my thinking was opened up like yours. Once you read that, the magic of thinking big, I've had mentors and I've read other books years ago that changed the perspective that opened up, that opened up the field of view. Right. If you will. Uh-huh. And, I, and, and it sounds like it did the same thing for you where you look at life as it's presented to you and then read a book and all of a sudden life opens up and now all of a yep. sudden there are other possibilities. There are it's other like levels. Going it's on. levels. Yeah, it's like a levels. mountain. Yeah. It's like a mountain and the higher you climb the mountain, the further you can see. Exactly. uh, It's amazing. I mean, even I continue to, I meet new people. Like I'll give you an example. I met a uh, associate of mine, maybe like two years ago Mm -hmm. in the credit business. He lives in Erie and the dude owns two planes, right? Nice. uh, Yeah. He has two planes. He loves flying his little planes. And actually one of his planes makes him money every month because he rents it to the flight school. Nice. And so, so then I start talking to him about planes, and then one day he flies down to Allegheny County Airport here, which is near in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, and picks me up in his plane. And then we fly back to Erie, do some business, and it just opened my whole mind up to like, holy crap, it's completely possible to buy a plane. And then I started to learn about all the like, it's financially in a lot of cases it makes sense to own a plane, you know. And like I would have never thought about that had I not met him, and. Um, like never thought about what that could do to my life. But a lot of people think a plane is a lot of money, which, which is all relative money in general. It, it, yeah, it, it, it could be. It just depends. What was it? I think it was Tony that was saying, you know, look for bigger problems. You know, right. today it might be, how do I fill the gas tank? Next week it might be, how do I fill the plane? Right. Where, exactly. where, your, where your attention is, where your attention is, where your attention will go. Yeah. And like, so another example of that, like the levels, like a a mentor of mine now sold his last company for like over $80 million. Right. Nice. And he's really, he's an, he's a master's, he's a master's in taxation and accountancy, but which I I'm terrible at. And so like I pick his brain often because one day it'd be cool to sell a company for 80 million bucks, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know how to do that. And I would have never even, most people think that's impossible, you know, but it happens uh, every it happens every week it happens almost daily it's that's again like you said going up the mountain you get a a wider field of view right but the other thing too about going up the mountain is the higher up the mountain you go the less people come and that's that's true that's the other problem not problem but it's challenging because a lot of times you know people will think you're crazy for what you think and it's just because they have these limiting beliefs about what's possible for them so for me like eventually i just got to this point where i'm like you know, I just need to stay in my lane and stay hyper-focused and not let, like, not let the ideas and opinions of others affect what I believe. And the more I do that, the more success I find. 
Sweet. That make that makes sense. So you got that book, and then you found Steve's book. What what about that book got you? I mean, Steve Jobs is just an extremely fascinating guy. Um, yes, he was. Built one, one of the biggest, the, the biggest company in the world that affects a lot of people and yep. connected. It did a great thing for the world. Oh, it also did a lot of bad things, but you know, just like his personality and the, the way that he thought about the world and, and his place in it and Apple's place in it. And also, I mean, how he grew that business really quickly and his ability to, to see or understand what people want before they know they want it is extremely fascinating. And on top of that, he's a master like marketer and salesperson. I mean, when Steve Jobs is on a stage, I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's a, Agreed. It's a show every time. He's a showman. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, um, and he's an interesting showman. He's not one of those that's super flashy. He just comes out and he just lays out stuff and you just look at him and go, Jesus, how did you even know? There was that, there was a video I remember seeing of him doing one of his talks where an, an engineer challenged him and says, how come we're not putting out more products, you know, to sell? And his, his response, you would have thought he would have ripped the kid a new one, but his response was so tactful in a manner of, let me, let me be clear. Your purpose isn't to just make products. Our purpose is to create products that people want. And he did it. I can't remember how long the speech was. It wasn't very long. But he essentially said, we went back out to the people to find out what they wanted. Those are the products we're creating. If we just create products to create products, nobody buys them. What good are they? Right. If we're creating stuff that people want, which essentially you, you figured out with, you know, fixing phones and then eventually buying them, you, you found out what people wanted. I mean, if it got you to the big box stores, that that's kind of telltale that, yeah, you figured it out. Right. That makes sense. Well, just the sheer amount of it. And, the, and still, I think half the phone still doesn't even have a smartphone. Yeah, so it's a, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's still opportunity in that industry. It's just extremely cash intensive. And also the Chinese are willing to work on much slimmer margins than, than say me, because they have, you know, tens of millions of dollars that they need to deploy and they're okay making a percent on that 10 million Yeah, because they, they need to do something with their money. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I find that, I find that whole thing interesting too. Another conversation for another right. time. What other things move you, man? Like what, you know, I mean, obviously you're, I think you said you're in the middle of moving today, so you're you know, probably upgrading, but what wakes you up, man? What, why, why, what is it? I mean, you said earlier helping people. That's cool. That's awesome. That's part of it. What else? I mean, for me, I just, I feel like, you know, we only have one life and I feel like I have unlimited potential inside of me. And so I, I just think if I get to the end of my life and I don't fully tap into that potential and all the, all the wonderful, joyful, you know, gifts that life has to offer, then I'll be mm -hmm. disappointed. And so every day when I wake up, I mean... I'm inspired by a lot of people around me, like both personally and I mean, online at this point, you know, and I get inspiration from them. I mean, I get inspiration from a wide array of places. Like I get it's Conor McGregor gives me inspiration. I mean, what he achieved in such a short period of time. Viable and, his and real. Yeah. Yeah. His mindset yeah. is a trip. I, I really do. He's, <laughs> it's kind of funny how many people look at him and go, ah, and it's, and it's like, whoa, whoa, time out. Do you understand where this boy came from? Have you right. seen his backstory? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when he came out swinging, he wasn't kidding, and right. and, and he's still out there swinging, even though yeah, he's not fighting as much. I think most people don't understand like the fight game is is show business, you know. And so, I I think oftentimes people forget like the difference between when someone's at work and like who they really are, and so they mm -hmm. see him, you know, doing all this crazy stuff, but they don't really realize that that that's his job. You know, his yep. job is. To, fight but also to promote the fight and that's why he's one of the highest paid fighters because he's good at both no it was so i recently recently saw a clip mike tyson was on a i think it was a radio show might have been a podcast i'm not sure which but he he starts off talking about well, what about that other kid what's his name proper 12 and they went oh Connor mcgregor he goes yeah he says think about it and they're like well you know he's okay he's like no 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 stop for a second you're missing you're missing why i'm bringing him up he says he went 10 rounds with the greatest fighter that's been around in the last 10 hundred years. He right. 10 rounds. He lasted 10 rounds. He landed punches in 10 rounds. He kept himself going for 10 rounds. He finally tired out, but 
and, and that part wasn't mentioned that he finally tired out, but he went 10 rounds with one of the greatest fighters ever to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. And he, and he went 10 rounds. Most couldn't get past five. I, could, I probably could get past one. <laughs> uh, but, well, with Mayweather. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. Yeah. That the, and the idea isn't so much that Mayweather's the greatest fighter. He is a great fighter. He may be the greatest fighter. I, I don't, I don't know how to gauge that kind of thing. I mean, the man's a showman and he can box. He can, he can right. definitely box. Connor's a fighter. He learned how to box in short order and went 10 rounds with a man that knows how to box. And, and they that's both, not, not even, it's not in Connor's. He's a UFC fighter. He yeah. It's not, it's not in his wheelhouse. Right. And yet he still went in there for 10 rounds and hung in there. And, and cause I, I can tell you right now, I'm sure he had the urge to throw a kick at uh, some problem. point. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Or take him to the ground or take him to the ground. One of the two. And he didn't, he played the right. game. But as, the, as you mentioned before, he also played the game outside of the ring when the two of them were talking all their smack to each other at all of the different press conferences that they went around to. When he showed up with that, when he showed up with that suit that had FU all over it. All right. That was awesome. That's, but that's exactly what it takes for him to be able to be that man. And, mm. and, and whether that's him in real life or not is irrespective. He plays the part. He does the job, just like you said. He does it really well. And I think I and, and and that goes back to you. You're you're looking at it from the same standpoint of I'm here to do the job and I'm gonna do the job right. And somebody's gonna benefit from that job. Right. And some yeah. of it some of it seems like it bleeds over into your personal being too, which is which is amazing because not everybody can do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know, it's like if you're gonna do do something, I might as well do it to the best of my ability. And I fall short on that a lot, but we all do. I, I try to do everything to the, to the best of my ability, because why not? Like if I have an option to either do something good or not good and either give it my all or not, then I might as well just give it my all. And I think the reason that most people don't give a lot of things their all is because if they fail, they want the excuse that, well, I didn't give it my all. I didn't try my hardest. And so they have this excuse to fall back on and make themselves feel better about why they failed. Whereas I look at failure like as like a building block because every time I fail, as much pain as I feel and as much as it sucks, like I learn so much throughout that process and it mm-hmm. makes me so much more confident in my ability to get through anything in the future, you know? And I and that's that's why I think most people don't give it their all. But I mean, I a lot of people are lazy. I don't know. You, you got, no, you, you're right on both. I should say, yes, you're right on both on both fronts. Some people want the excuse, not realizing that failure is the reason for success. And then, they, then you got the other one said, what was that old one? The, the master has failed more times and the beginner has even tried. And, right. And, and it's, it's a lot of fear. Master. Yeah. Especially in today's age, you know, people are afraid of judgment. They're afraid of what their, their family thinks. They're, most people live a life that is not to please themselves or make themselves happy. It's to make everyone around them happy. And so I believe that's why most people get to a point when they're like 35, 40, 45, and they realize like, holy crap, like I built this life that I don't even want. I have all this stuff. I have this box that is called a house that I don't even actually enjoy, you yeah. know, and then yeah. they, they get tied yeah. down and now they have no, they're, they're locked in this life to continue supporting the life that, they, that brings them no joy. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the saddest thing ever, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. There's so many things about that, but back there, to what there, brings me inspiration. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, like, I it all goes back to like that first, like reading those two books, really. Like once I had this idea of what I wanted to achieve, like I just had my mind set on that for, <clears throat> since then. And like what keeps me going, you know, like I think um, about my mom a lot, like I want to buy my mom a house. I think my dad's disabled. I want to make sure he never has to work a day in his life again. And so whenever I come across like something that I'm like afraid of or stresses me out or gives me anxiety, like public speaking or posting on social media, I just ask myself, you know, is this going to help me to buy my mom a house? Right. Right. And if the answer is yes, like, which obviously podcasts are important, posting on social media is important. Like, I don't care about the judgment of my peers or people that I grew up with, because at the end of the day, none of those people are going to buy my mom a fuck, excuse me, a house. Right. And sorry, right, brother. Uh, that, it's an adult show. We're good. <laughs> that, that, that leap just like occurred to me recently. Cause for a long time, I was that person that was afraid of judgment from mm-hmm. other people. And it held me back so much because most people are doubtful. Most people are cynical. Most people think you're going to fail. 
and eventually those people will turn into fans is what I've realized. Like they become, they become supporters because they see that, well, heck, you know, this dude's been doing this for 10 years now and he hasn't, he hasn't quit. Like maybe he's not going to fail, you know? Yeah. And, and it's funny because then those people start to reach out to you and they're like, Hey, what, what are you up to? You know, it's like, Hey, I'm up to the same thing. I was up 10 years right. ago, which is trying to buy my mom a house, right. trying to make sure I never have to work again, trying right. to make sure when I have a family, like that's another big one. Like when I, if I ever have a family one day, I want to make sure that my kids can follow their wildest dreams and, and try everything and go everywhere and have every experience and never have to worry about whether or not, you know, they're going to be able to eat or whether or not they're going to be able to have lunch money. Like, I don't want to deal with that. And right. um, so I, I want freedom, you know, and that's what keeps me going. Yeah, I think, I think at that point too, you'll also have the skills to share with them to be able to do the same thing as well. You know, it's not, it's not always on your shoulders, although in the beginning part, sure it will be, but you'll also have the tools and the previous lessons in life to offer them. A lot of people don't always have that. that. When we were talking about that too, that our decisions can affect a lot of people. When I was somewhat younger, <laughs> mm. yeah, I just made How 49. How old are you now? I just made 49 this year. So it's like- oh, You're not that old yet. No, no, no. I've got, I've got at least 25, 30 years left uh, of, of work time and then I'll figure out something else. The, the younger days when I was in my early 30s, I literally had someone shake me by saying, do you realize that every decision that you make affects more than just this house? And when I said this house at the time, it was my mother, my father, my wife at the time, and my newborn, which is now 19. And I had to stop for a second and go, I'm, I'm not clear. And they explained to me, every time you make a decision, the whole house feels it. Everybody in this house feels it. Is how much you want to bet everybody at your work feels it too. Every time you make a decision to do something. And I had, I literally had to, that was the beginning of my perspective opening up. Cause as a musician, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I, bet. I mean, I was, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go play music or I'm going to go to the beach or I'm going to go do something. Maybe I'll go to the gym, you know, work out and just, you know, feel good because it's me. And I didn't realize that anytime I did that, it affected my mom and my dad it affected my my at the time wife It affected my little one. Cause I wasn't around. Right. I was only thinking of one person. That was a shakeup, bro. And, and, oh, to know, and to know now that like, I get to meet people like you that are actually thinking about this and you're not even there yet. You will have a great toolbox that you can open up, unbox with your kids and your family and your colleagues and your friends that people will be looking at it going, wow, I've never seen a screwdriver like that before. What the hell does that do? Here, let me show you. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, you could teach somebody something, but giving them the tools to do it themselves for the rest of their lives is like a, a true gift. You know, just something that popped into mind about the decisions affecting uh, like all other people. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that everything you do affects everything else. Mm -hmm. Like if I work out and I work out half-assed, chances are I'm probably working on my business half-assed. Chances are my relationships are probably half-assed because I'm just used to be doing things half-assed. And I still catch myself in some areas of my life, like not giving it a hundred percent. And when I catch myself, I try to evaluate, well, is it because I don't, is it because this thing isn't actually that important that I'm not giving it a hundred percent or is it just because I'm a lazy sack of crap, right? And uh, <laughs> it's a constant process of just, of just working on yourself and self-awareness. Like yeah. it's so important in this yep. whole thing. Like I was just on a podcast <laughs> yesterday actually, and I was you know, explaining to the girl, she's like, if, if there's one thing that you could, you know, tell listeners, it was like student to CEO. So like young people trying to start businesses. And I was right. like, you need to learn, you need to work harder on yourself than you do on your business. Because yeah. when you're, when you first start out, you are your business. And mm -hmm. If you're not right, if your health's not right, mental, physical, spiritual, if you're not learning every day, if you're not putting yourself out there to meet people, if you're not exercising, you're not eating right. Yep. You know, you're not, you're not doing these things, then chances are it's going to reflect in your business because your business is a direct reflection of you. Yeah. Um, and so I, I try to take extremely good care of all of those areas as best as I can. You know, sometimes I fall short for sure, but it's welcome, just welcome to the world of being human. Right. I mean, that's just kind of right. how it goes. Yeah. I like, so to, to kind of just lay that one out we both have friends that are and colleagues that are in the business world and we have those that we really look up to. And I've had, I've years ago, I had that moment of 
wait, did you, you, did you honestly just like mess up? Did you just screw that? And they looked at me and they went, yeah. I said, well, you're sure taking it well. It's like, well, I don't have time to, to shit on myself over it. I have to move. Right. And, and I, it, that like really got my attention because it was like, you just cost your company a certain amount of income. And you're okay with it. He goes, no, I'm not okay with it at all. That's not the point. I don't have time to sit here and mull over it. I have to look at what I learned and move. If I sit still too long, it's not. And that was, that's, that was on the, that was on the factor of resilience. Right. And it's totally it. true. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. Because if, if you, if you don't move on that or don't improve on resilience, you stand to lose way more than just that one, that one mistake. Mm-hmm. Everything is a daisy chain, right? No matter what right. you, once you, no matter what you do, everything affects everything. So, some of my colleagues and some of my who are also mentors and sometimes friends, many more times friends actually, they all say the same thing: "You're gonna screw up. It's okay. Just don't keep screwing up the same way. Figure out how to fix it and get moving. Right. Don't don't don't, don't slow down. Momentum's a real thing. Yes, Momentum it is. Every time in my life that I go and I've, I've been to a dark place like two or three times and every time it's because I stop. Yeah. Once I stop and I sit there in my own head and I stop taking action and I stop taking risk and I stop just doing something, then everything falls apart. And so I try to keep, keep that momentum going now. And one of the things for me is like, I'm, I normally will work myself till I burn the both can- the candle at both ends and then I burn out and burnout's a real thing too. And yes, it is. I would, I was reading a study somewhere where like a, an actual burnout to recover from takes you a solid three to nine months to get back to that level of productivity and uh, like mindset that you were at before. So now I try to not overwork myself, which is a big, a big leap for me because I, I struggle with it every day, but I need that time to recover from, you know, the intensity of my work so that I can continue to do this on a daily basis and not yeah. burn out. Yeah, the, the interesting work-life balance thing that everybody's been popping off about, it, it doesn't get the right kind of attention because everybody thinks, well, it's, you got to play a little bit and you got to work a little bit. It's like, no, no, no. It, it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. There's there's a few people you can listen to about that. I know there's podcasts on work-life balance too, which is Jeff, really Jeff awesome. Jeff Bezos had a good, a good one about that. He said he tries to achieve work-life synergy as yeah. opposed to balance, which yeah. I got I got to believe in like, well, even when I socialize or if I do recreational activities like riding dirt bikes or mm-hmm. like sometimes I do cryotherapy or I don't know if you ever heard of Top Golf. Sure. Um, we have yeah, one Top here. Golf. We got right, one of the yeah. most luxurious ones actually. It's interesting. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. it's in Vegas. Um, but yeah, so I try <laughs> to do those these things that kind of I can get away from work, but still with people that I want to be around. Yeah. That our conversations are going to be around, you know some something productive but we're still able to you know kind of relax yeah that i think that's a that i think that's important to be able to i I like the term synergy that that makes a lot more sense than balance because it 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 deems that you still have a separation between the two mind you we're not taking home to work and work to home but in the midst of living having a synergistic lifestyle is probably a lot more productive so that makes sense that makes sense sense Guys, we got one more break we're going to take here for 30 seconds. And when we get back, we'll talk about what Daniel's up to today. Then Daniel just put his arms in the air. He's like, yes, we got through that one next. But 30 hey, seconds. Okay. Oh, was, was that your, is that your buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this in the midst of moving. Are you on the break? Did we break? Not yet. We're going to break right now in about 30 okay. seconds. We'll be right back, guys. <laughs> Welcome back. Java Chat here. Coffee with Mike and Daniel Massimino. Just checking in. Now on what's what's going on with you now? What you doing these days, and where you headed? What's next? So let's let's start with what you're doing now. You have a credit correction company, correct? Yeah, so I I, I call it credit restoration or credit repair, but credit correction is awesome too. Uh, hey, so explain to me what it is that credit restoration. What what does your company do? What do you do? Yeah, so we have five core services geared towards individuals and also businesses. So on the personal side, we help people to fix their credits or remove negative items like late payments, charge-offs, bankruptcies, collection accounts, inquiries, things like that, that are kind of holding them back from, Mm -hmm. you know, achieving their goals in life, which could be, you know, to buy a house, maybe get a car to commute to work, 
whatever it may be. So we help them get the negative stuff off. We help them to rebuild it by adding positive, positive, you know, they're called trade lines, but positive things to kind of rebuild their credit profile. So that way they can get approved for a house or get approved for a car that's not at, you know, an insane interest rate. Right. You know, get an apartment, get a job. You know, there's a lot of things that your credit affects that people don't realize. And then on the business side, we help people start businesses, build business credit. That's has nothing to do with their personal credit mm-hmm. and then get business financing. That's interesting that, that I, when I started inquiring about trade lines for business and what actually qualifies, nothing like, and, and most people don't know this, it's nothing like personal, is it? No, it's completely different. I mean, like business, the amount of money you can get through your business is typically three to five times higher than your personal. And I mean, you can get credit with every major, you know, like vendor out there, like Apple, Best Buy, Ford Motor Company, Toyota, Office Depot, American Express, obviously. I mean, there's so much opportunity and so much resources out there to help people scale and grow their businesses that it's just absolutely bonkers and no and i've yet to meet anybody that's got extremely wealthy or extremely successful without leveraging other people's money yep. and credit credit is the bank's money so why yep. not leverage that to help grow you know start grow or scale your business that makes absolute sense to me too we're actually our company is kind of still young but we're already starting to look at jumping on a trade line with dell maybe a trade line with a couple other suppliers and stuff like that so it's just just to start get that thing building but Makes absolute sense to me. You mentioned that you're out on the speaking tour here and there. Are you, you got any gigs coming up? Not speak like public speaking yet. I'm working on my public speaking ability. I've been doing a lot of podcasts, but I haven't did like dove into like trying to, you know, do a conference or like a public speak. Well, we can't even do public speaking events right now. So (laughs) just getting my feet wet with the podcasts. It's interesting. Every, every podcast I've done so far, like, you know, the, 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 the host is a little bit different. So the format, <laughs> bit, I'm figuring out what I like and what I don't like, right. you know, what I, how I, what I want to you know talk about. And it's really interesting. I've never, I've always wanted to do something like this, but I've always, you know, I had that fear, fear yeah. of judgment, fear yep. of putting everything out there for yep. people to hear. And so it's just interesting and it feels really good to, to finally take that leap. Yeah. It, you, so this is the this is the beginning, and <clears throat> a lot of the speaking gigs nowadays, at least right now, are not necessarily public, but virtual. So right. you're already in, bro. You're right. You're already in. So you've already started, which is awesome. Right. What's next beyond this? I mean, you you you're you've created something good. You're obviously going to scale that. What's beyond that? I mean, you kind of mentioned you may have a family one day. You know, not not that's the personal side of things. But as far as you professionally, what what's next? There's a few things. I mean, we'll probably continue to s- stick in the industries that we already serve. I hope so. And, and continue to either add more value or more services around that. So long-term, I'd like to focus more on like small business and, and adding more service offerings that we can help um, small business owners either start, grow, or scale their business. So whether that be websites or social media or, mm-hmm. you know, advertising or paid mm-hmm. advertising mm-hmm. strategy, <clears throat> and then all the boring stuff like accounting, bookkeeping, all of the stuff that holds people back from doing business, we would like to offer. So that way they can work with us. We can handle all the boring stuff and then they can focus on what they're really good at. And that's typically the, the, the problem that most small business owners face, like a, a pizza shop owner, right? He's really good at making pizzas, really good at talking to the customers, you know, all the, all that goes into running the pizza shop. But then yeah. when it comes to the business side of it, you know, accounting, taxes, marketing, you know, graphic design, all this stuff, like they don't have the time to do that. So we want to work with them, you know, to handle all that. So they can just focus what on what they're really good at. So it sounds like there's an evolution coming to more general services for small business. That's good, dude, because there's there's a lot of them, especially right now. There's a lot of them that are folding that honestly don't need to. They just need right. to know how to position better. There's a, there's right. a huge need for a pivot right now, and I think a lot of small businesses are suffering because they don't know how. And, mm-hmm. and, they, and, yeah, they, they, there's not enough time in the day to be the master of everything. You know? Yeah, exactly. I, that's probably the direction we'd like to go and maybe I'll probably get into a little bit of real estate, like some commercial units, but what really gets me going is, is business, like starting businesses, think like strategizing, 
And then just like helping small business owners take advantage of all of the opportunity that's at their fingertips. Right. And maybe, you know, changing some belief patterns of, of how they think business is supposed to work. Like a lot of small business owners have this problem where they want to work in their business and not on their business. Yeah. That's, that's um, a, that's a normal, natural problem. <laughs> it's all because of ego though. It's, it's the ego. There's a good book. It's called ego is the enemy. And it's so true because why, why does a small business owner not scale his business? Why do they not hire people? Because they think that no one can do it as good as them, which is might be true, but you can hire people. There's people are, there's good people and skilled people out there that can do most of the things that you can do pretty close to the level of skill that you can do it at. And so why don't we hire those people? Well, because we think one, we think they're not as good as us or two, we've hired people in the past and it didn't work out. And yeah. what most people don't realize is if it didn't work out in the past, if you're a business owner, you need to take responsibility for that and say, I either hired the wrong person. I didn't train them right. I didn't give them the right tools and the resources to, to really be great at their job. Yep. As opposed to saying, well, I, I just can't find somebody that, you know, can run the, the pizza shop. You know, yeah. like that's that's yep. such a bullshit excuse because there's so many people out there that can do it. Yeah, and and, and not everybody's the same. Everybody's going to serve you slightly differently, no matter how you look at it. So that makes absolute sense. Where right. can people find you, dude? I mean, where if they want to find your your company online, where do they find you? You can just go to my Instagram, which is at dan.pgh, and there's a link there that you click, and it has all of my, you know, everything about me online. That's a link tree kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Awesome. So. That link will be down in the comments below. That time went that fast, my man. Wow. And you, and you shared a lot of value. I really want to thank you for uh, coming and hanging out with us. Oh, I appreciate it. This was a good one. I appreciate that. That tells me that I did my part. So thank you. Um, guys, everything that you need to know about him, like he said, follow him on his Instagram. That'll be down in the comments. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget the subscribe button and that little bell that tells you when the next one's coming. So guys like this can come on your screen and go Here's value. If you're listening to us on any of the podcasting platforms, make sure you either download or subscribe there, wherever is your favorite. If you're listening to us on anchor.fm, feel free to give us a little support. You know, every little bit helps. We really appreciate every single one of you. And you know, we always end these the same. We love the fact that you love listening to us or, or maybe it's your first time and you're just hearing us and hey, welcome. Uh, we love you anyway. Thank you for coming and listening to us. Thank you for spending the time, investing the time to learn a little something from each of our guests as we go through. And remember, stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live. Live the best life that you can. For myself, Coffee with Mike and Daniel Massimino, ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.